Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi, ho, everybody, and welcome back to D Plus Us, the show about all things Disney. I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tanel, Griffin D Pad, and with me, as always, is the wonderful, the amazing Mr. Mitch George. How's it going? I had to restart my my audio processor, and in doing so, forgot to turn on my background blur. So you're just seeing the mess that is my office if you're watching this on YouTube. So it's really welcome. not that bad. We have two very different styles of background here. Yours is that's so a, that's clean, a, and mine is chaos. That's a step stool. Mine, it's a step stool, an extra dresser, and then just a whole bunch of geeky stuff on top of that dresser. Yes, like but there's again, a lightsaber, there's a Megazord, uh, uh, the uphouse, there's again, a Pokeball in there. Clean versus chaos. There is nothing yeah, like put fair. together about my background other than just a bunch of stuff. This We're is, not here to talk about our backgrounds, Griffin. We'll probably talk about it multiple times in this episode, though, because that's just what we do. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the show. It's been a little bit. We are talking about Disney's newest movie, which this movie is still currently in theaters as of recording, so it is not on Disney Plus yet. I'm going to hit y'all with some facts before we jump into this. Uh, actually, not even going to do that. We're going to start right off the, bot, the bat with general impressions. Uh, you know, the way this works. Everything is kind of free flow these days. <laughs> um, we'll hit y'all with what the it, plot. What, what is structure? We don't, we don't, we don't do that here. Uh, pieces of housekeeping before we jump into things, of course. Uh, go check out our TikTok. I'm going to be starting posting videos again here soon. Frankly, there will probably be clip-outs from this episode on there if I uh, if I do this thing right. Um, second, uh, sorry for being behind on posting episodes oh, on Spotify. Um, I'm bad at it. I've accepted it. I'm getting better at it. Don't worry about if it. You want things on, it's all good. If you want things on time, go to YouTube. Um that upload process is or you know easier. just dm me and i'll poke griffin to push buttons because yeah. i i would push the buttons i just don't know which buttons need pushed and when the hard part is honestly just getting myself to make the audio file that's all i have to yeah. do it just takes time and it's kind of a pain in the butt um got that got I, mean, that. I can just do that i can just do that for you it's no big deal yeah just rip it from the video mm-hmm. next time um right. and then the last bit of information is our weekly series right now about Behind the Attraction is currently going. We have one episode up at the time of releasing this, and the next episode will be coming out right behind this, and it's a solid episode. Did we record it before this episode records? Nah. Yes. Yes, we did. Time is flat circles. Time is a lie. Um, with that said, let's talk about Wish. Uh, directed by Chris Buck and Fawn. I'm going to butcher this name. So I'm so, so sorry. Uh, Vera Sunthorn. No, I think I got that right. Um, screenplay. Thorn, yeah. yeah, you're close. Screenplay by Jennifer Lee and Allison Moore, with story by Jennifer Lee, Chris Buck, Fawn Vera Sunthorn, and Allison Moore. Um, oh, it's just the directors and the screenplay writers. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, starring the folks you expect: Anya Debose, Chris Pine, Alan Tudyk, Angelique Cabral. Um, released officially on November twenty second, twenty twenty three, with a runtime of ninety five minutes, a budget of roughly one hundred seventy five to two hundred million dollars, and a current box office of eighty two point two million dollars. This movie is very much flopping. Uh, is that? There's a whole lot longer conversation about all of this that we've been having for the last fucking year and a half. But Mitch, what do you think about Wish? 
fine. I, Expound. We I are a podcast. <laughs> nah, that's enough. Uh, I don't say this very often when it comes to movies like this because I'm all about, you know, quick, succinct runtimes. This feels like a movie that needed like another 20 minutes of character development where it felt very much, at least to me, like it's this swan song to 100 years of Walt Disney animation. It's It's got all of these Easter eggs and tidbits that link it to the history of Disney with the the premise being the wishing star that everyone has wished on in the history of Disney and the, the, the implications of that, that are kind of raised throughout the film. Um, but there just doesn't like for a, a film that carries that legacy, the characters are just kind of whatever like they call, they fall relatively flat. At least for me, there isn't outside of like grandpa, the Asha's, grandfather like i don't particularly care about anyone in this except for maybe valentino but that's just because he's adorable so i like asha yeah, i mean it's and i like star but that's about where it ends for me even asha i feel like there's there's a, a, a there's almost like they try to develop a character there with like the history of her and her father and and what that means and and the implication of the stars and everything it just feels kind of like they knew they needed to make a movie about a star and found a way to shoehorn some sort of character development into it, which just still doesn't feel like it matters. Like, at least for me, the stakes aren't really there of like, oh, yeah, everyone's kind of like given their wishes for protection. Oh, no. But like, it doesn't. Like the implication is there. I think the underlying tones of following your dreams and all of that exist. It again, most of what is being delivered here, other than a few of the musical numbers, feel like it needed some more time and development. I think like I think Wish for me is very much a mixed bag. There's a couple of things in this movie that I actually really, really enjoy. Um some of the music tracks are fantastic. Oh, there's some um, bangers in here. For yeah, sure. like a couple of these are going to go into like some of my all-time favorite Disney songs. They're, At all costs, I think, is my favorite song in the movie. It is very good. Um, but like the animation style, I actually really like it. I think this is a really good step forward. I think some of the character design, actually, the characters do look cool, especially um, you know Asha's character design. What to love it or hate it with the whole Seven Doors motif with her friends. Her characters are fun. Seeing her best friend be be disabled is very great to see in a budget of a movie. I do think that the actual being magic played is by cool. an actor, like just to go back to that for a second, like being played by an actor with a disability, I think that representation matters a lot, and I'm glad to see that happening in in more mainstream productions this being one of those mm -hmm. i think my main issue with this movie though is for every great thing it does it gets immediately pulled back down by some nod to something else in disney lore this movie was very much made for the hundred year anniversary and they very much felt like it had to be there and you can see the bits and pieces of a story of a very interesting story i think in this like this whole story of like yeah it is yeah. you know her giving back these wishes for people, but it's a lot, it could have been a lot more than that. There is this like inkling of what do you do when you see something that has been in place for so long that is clearly wrong. Everyone is telling you to stop, but you can't, you are already going 
like that I think is such is a very powerful story that you can tell, especially right now when you look around the world as it is today. Yeah. But it very much just kind of falls flat because oh, we have to make sure that all of her best friends are the seven dwarves. Oh, this random bear and deer have to be little John from Robin Hood and Bambi. Like it's I'm all for a fun Easter egg here and there, but this was just over the top frustrating, not even annoying, frustrating. So, so I was texting you a little bit about our theater experience before we got to the movie, but I didn't get a chance to tell you about how it actually went. So we got tickets to see this on like a random Thursday a week or so after it had come out. There were four people in the theater, including the two of us, myself and my wife. The other couple in the theater left the movie when there was about 10 minutes left. So for the last 10 minutes, we're the only ones in this theater. And it speaks volumes to at least Disney as a box office poll right now. It doesn't feel like, I don't know what it is, because you look at the last couple of films, like you had Strange World that flopped. Before that, you had Encanto, which, I mean, did phenomenally digitally and and, and through streaming. But box office-wise didn't hit the numbers that Disney would have probably wanted it to hit. But that, I mean, largely likely due to the COVID-19 pandemic that was still running rampant at the time. I think that was one of the last movies that came out while theaters were still open. Or no, it came out after theaters had started to reopen, but it did much, much better on digital. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting just, right now with, with I don't, Disney I don't, Animation. I don't know what, it's shifted. Yeah, I mean, Disney yeah. Animation is the only animation studio that isn't making massive strides forward when it comes to animation style. Disney has been stuck in the same animation style for years upon years because it's worked, because it has made them millions. Uh, this being yeah. the first year that Disney doesn't have a million dollar movie. Like, I really do think that this is going Across to, all of its properties is kind of crazy, yeah. I really think that this is going to bring some change-ups to the animation style because it has to. Like, you, you can't look at this and say, okay, we can keep, we should just keep doing the same thing. That said, I think a lot of it is also just where Disney is at in the terms of the world right now. Disney does lean towards a younger audience, a younger audience that typically doesn't necessarily want to support the giant media mogul monopoly that is the Walt Disney Company, which is something I will always, always respect. It is something I try to bring up constantly on the show. Like, hey, we're a Disney podcast. We love Disney stuff. Disney's still a ridiculously powerful company and it's absolutely terrifying. But I think we have all of these kind of combinations and factors of, hey, Disney's not always, not always making the right decisions. Sometimes they do uh, when it comes to the actual world as large. And then we also have this kind of, to compare it to video games, like when Xbox was like, oh, we've been the predominant console for God knows how long. We're going to just fuck everything up and just continue to do the same thing. And then PlayStation goes and it's been the dominant console ever since. TV. Um, look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I think, I think like that's where we're at with Disney here, right now. Yeah, I think it was... The, yeah. Yeah, I think looking at the last few releases as well, I mean probably going back as far as the completion of Raya, like Raya and Kanto, Strange World, and now Wish, the last four Disney animated films, they would have either been largely in production or in the stages of post-production during the pandemic. And I do wonder how much of a shift in 
work culture or production culture impacted this because animation is one of those things that was con like even with the pauses in a lot of movie and uh, television production animation was one of those things that could still happen right it's it's largely a digital medium these days apart from like voice acting and things of that nature so if that's the case what you know what corners had to be cut in order to meet certain production timelines for animation in this strange new world of remote work or hybrid work or however it is that these organizations are looking to produce this pe these pieces of content i do wonder if some of that creative it is going to be cliche some of that creative magic was lost in the shuffle of how crazy the last half decade or almost half decade have been which talking about it in terms of that scope is kind of fucking crazy i apologize for the language but because i haven't cursed four times already today. it's yeah it's fair it's it's really changed a lot about how this stuff is produced and i do think we're seeing a trend across all industries not just film and television of you know remote work is a thing of the past unfortunately in a lot of a lot of situations and maybe this is one of those situations where well, you still want to give folks the proper work-life balance because we know production on these sorts of things, you know, can be a very draining process with tons of overtime expected and, and crunching and it's not healthy. But did the creative suffer from the distribution of work across um. the consideration here? The other thing I want to circle back on is the animation style because I... I know when we reacted to the trailer for this, I was really excited for a change in animation style for Walt Disney Animation. And there were times I really liked it here. There were times that it was like so-so. Like, I, I, there was this weird, like, the I got credit, pulled out of it and then got pulled back in by the story, the characters. The animation style is, really shines in a couple... I think it shines more often than not, pun absolutely intended. Um... I think where yeah. it shines the most is in magic. Yeah. Uh, like, the magic, both Star's magic and uh, Magnifico's magic, looks freaking cool. Except for, like, one frame of Magnifico's magic. You know the frame. <laughs> Just the random showing of... The, the, the point... The... Yeah. I mean, the, the point I was trying to get at is I think this animation style is going to be really, really cool, like, three movies from now. That's one thing. Like, this is setting the groundwork for what Disney animation can do differently as opposed to the paint-by-numbers-esque formula we've seen from things right through from, like, Frozen to now where everything just looks like a Pixar movie. Yeah, so I'm curious there. to see what the future holds for this animation style. I, I do hope we're in, in for something different with future Disney animation because we don't know. Like, there's nothing announced for Walt Disney Animation after this movie, right? I don't know what's next. I don't believe so. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to do a little bit of a shakeup. I think the, oh. I like I do really think that this is a good first step. But I think the next thing that I have to do is address their character design. Um, their characters are the thing that very much still stands out as Disney animation style, um, and it's a good look. It's I will not tell you that it's a bad look. I think it's looked great through every movie they've put it in. I do think it needs to be adjusted and changed to you know make each of your movies more unique every movie having the same art style does not work and i will continue to shout that from the rooftops i've seen some people talking about this movie a lot of talking about this movie frankly has been in hyperbole which is 
fucking annoying. There is no end-all, be-all when it comes to this movie, y'all. But people are like, oh, I hate how this yeah. movie looks. I, I, and it's because of the characters, not because of anything else. Okay. And I'm like, yeah. okay? I, I do agree. Yeah. I, I feel like we're in a place where everyone has to have an opinion on one end of the spectrum or the other. There isn't this middle ground. Like, that's why I started this off. Like, this is a fine movie. Like, I enjoyed my time here. I'm glad it was only 90 minutes. I would have liked it to have been a little longer with more character development. But it was fine. There's nothing that stood out to me. Nothing that really took away from it. There were good moments. There were not so good moments. It was it was fine. It was like watching an old 90s or 80s Disney animated film. Like, it didn't change my life. It was 90 minutes. I'm going to move on to the next thing. Yeah, um, it feels so like... Yeah, I um, think there's room in the middle there for these kind of conversations. But everything is on one spe- end of the spectrum or the other. I feel like the way they promoted this movie as well has kind of c- contributed to that. Um, the way that they ended up promoting this movie was putting out yeah. like one of the songs every week leading up to launch, and all of those songs got drowned out by people hating the villain song, which I don't think is that bad. Um, it's not good. I don't, but love it's not it, bad. But I can. The line it's, about it's fine. the it's that fine. cheesy ass line that everyone hates about rent is bad. That line is bad, but the yeah. rest of it's fine. Oh it's, yeah. That's a. I think that song is yeah. a um, example of a larger issue when it comes to Broadway and musicals in general right now. But that's not a conversation for this show. Um, yeah, let's I feel like on. everything these days is just like written. Oh, sorry, I just wanted to say like every, like I came into this and like so this music was written by Lin Manuel Miranda because I feel like everything this day these days has that vibe of that lyricism that kind of jumps from word to word. I don't know if that's right like that's just the way i i hear it or interpret it like everything's like jumpy and on point and it like the emphasis on each syllable in a word is something that i felt was very you know for better defined in the hamilton type of broadway for better and worse hamilton has set the bar for current day musical theater um i lean towards worse but uh that's my opinion yeah (laughs) Hamilton to fans don't come after me. Yeah. Uh, just cir- just circling back um, to unannounced projects. So, like, Disney has not put a date on anything. There are three dates. The next three Novembers, actually, there is going to be a Walt Disney Animation Studios film. They don't have a project tied to any of those dates. But there are a third and fourth Frozen movie, as well as a sequel to Zootopia in development. So presumably yeah, of those. those three, one of those will at least be a sequel. I got to imagine... don't know when they're coming, but I would assume within the next three years, we're going to get at least Frozen 3. I would imagine the next Frozen movie, this is just total ballpark, is going to be 2025. Because we That's don't... That's what I figured is they'll do... I do, I do wonder if they try to put a, a known quantity into next year with the way that the last... Like, looking at the previous slate of Walt Disney films, Frozen 2 is the last sequel that Walt Disney Animation put out. And then they put out four straight original properties in Raya, Encanto, Strange World, and Wish. So I imagine it's time to circle back on a sequel that's just going to print the money, whether it be Zootopia or a third Frozen film. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised See, if that's next year and then something else is in 25. I don't but... know, because like the eye of scrutiny is on whatever Walt Disney Animation Studios will put out next. And I'm not sure they want that eye of scrutiny on Frozen 3. But they, they need something that's going to make money, not something that's going to be creatively 
fulfilling. You know, pushing the envelope, I think. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I think that that's the world that we're in right now. You look at Pixar as well, right? Like their next film is Inside Out 2. They've announced that they're doing another Toy Story at some point, as well as I think there was another sequel in there that I'm forgetting, but um, it, it does feel like the Bob Iger 2.0 era is going to lean more on sequels for everything that isn't marvel and then marvel is in this old marvel and star wars are in a weird space where everything Mar star wars does is really cool and interesting and everything marvel is doing is falling flat and they got to figure something out yeah i don't other know other than deadpool 3 that's looking to be a banger yeah thinking about pixar i mean i know that they have the, the sequel rule there but i can't think of anything that they'd be working on right now i know elio obviously next year alongside but that's the new original I don't think they have any other. Well, Elio uh, is twenty twenty five. Didn't it get pushed? Oh, yeah, twenty twenty five. Um, Inside Out is the well, only. Well, Elio one got pushed, year. didn't it? Yeah, tw yeah. To so next June year, I think it's only Inside Out two. Yeah, uh, we also got Mufasa. Uh, well, and yeah, but what, when Bob Iger mentioned the development of uh, more Frozen films in his Utopia sequel, he also mentioned a fifth Toy Story film. He is did, in yes. development. So like. That's a thing. Well, that it seems because so theory hat on, right? Uh, we have the Pixar release next year. We have Elio in twenty twenty five, and then we'll have two, presumably two, Pixar films in twenty twenty six. The current dates would be March sixth and June nineteenth. Yep. I could see one of those being Toy Story. I mm -hmm. think those are two separate projects. I don't think either of those projects are Toy Story. I think Toy Story would be twenty twenty seven. I think when Bob is talking uh, about there being another Toy Story project, another Toy Story film, he was saying that while they were in pre-production. Because those the the timeline on the 2026 movie yeah. has already begun. Uh, and that timeline would have started before that announcement of there being yeah, another Toy Story Yeah, I film. would imagine if he's... If... Yeah, like that was 2023, so you imagine that's at least three or four years away. From Unless they benched a project from to put Toy Story pre-production, pre which yeah. I wouldn't be surprised that by them doing, but I don't know. Let's bring it back to <laughs> let's bring it back a little bit here because I do want to talk about the actual like tracks in this uh, in this movie because I do really love the music in this movie. Uh, we have, you know, yeah. I, one of these days I'll actually count the number of songs from like the one song. Uh, we've got eight songs total, one of them being a reprise. One song being a credit song, and I have no idea why it's not in the actual movie because it might be one of the best songs on the on the album. Um, let's let's go bit by bit. We'll, we'll start. From it the was um, yeah. Uh, start at the beginning with uh, "Welcome to Rosas," which honestly I think is the weakest song. Um, you know, setting things up. It it gave off Encanto vibes, honestly. Like the. Uh, what's the name of the, the first song in Encanto? It was basically well, just that. The family for a different Madrigal? City. Family Madrigal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I do like, though, that it's like, it's 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 here and then it's done. We're like, we, we recognize that this is just the intro. Just yeah. get through it. <laughs> um, Doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. Yeah. After that, we've I got... I did feel like the timing of some of the music in the movie was odd. Did you get that sense? Like... The music kind of came out of nowhere for at sometimes. No, like the music mostly made sense song. for me. Uh, the only one okay. where I felt like it randomly broke out in this in a song was "I'm a Star," and I felt like that was purposeful. Um, 
hundred percent. And it was fucking yeah, hilarious. I, think you're right. <laughs> I love that song. Um, it, it All is, right, I'll stop interrupting you, please. Go ahead. It is pure joy. Now, I I do feel like though, like it feels like there was should have been a couple more songs in this, but maybe that's just my four-hour Broadway musical or two, three-hour Broadway musical brain going, but alas. Um, next song's At All Costs. It was a 90-minute film with seven songs. Uh, again, this movie felt like it should have been longer. Um, yeah, next song is At All Costs. Uh, I, I think this duet. is my favorite song in the movie. Yeah, th- it's really great. Um, I do. Th- I think this yeah. is where Chris Pine this, shines. This one, it... And like you oh, can... for for... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is the one where it's like this feels like the setting up of the villain song. Um, for me at least. Uh, next up we have this wish. Just, there's an emotional weight to. Sorry, just yeah. just at all costs. There's like there's an emotional weight to that song and her discovering the magic and the wishes that just resonates outside of the just the theming of the movie, but just like. You can think of that like it, it felt like when I heard this song, when I was just listening to it the other day, I'm like, this is like a song about family. This is a song about protecting that which you care about the most. Like it, it, it's not just about these wishes, which I think was really, really poignant in the way that it was delivered. I think DeBose and Pine both did a phenomenal job with that number. Yeah, I mean, Ariana DeBose can do no wrong in my eyes. Uh, everything she sings in this is top tier, um, which is speaking of the next song, This Wish. Which is legitimately my favorite song in this movie. Um, I think it is so good. It is so. This is powerful. the one that goes up for the Oscar. Like I, wild that in this year of like we've had so many amazing original songs, this needs to go up for the Oscar for no other reason than I need to see her perform this there. I need to see her perform this song. Yes, but I also need to see Jack Black perform Peaches. Yeah, I mean, we need that. We need that. We need peaches, and then we also need. Um, I'm just Ken. It's gonna be the weirdest year yes. for best original song, but it's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Uh, up next, we've got I'm a Star, uh, which is the stupidest, funniest shit to me. Um, I see why people would not like this song. Alan gotta, Tudyk is the highlight. Of, like this song, Alan Tudyk is the highlight for sure. But I, it, this is this is a song that is just fun. Like it gives me the same vibe, not nearly in the same level of like star power, but like it gives me the same vibe of like be our guest. Of it's like let's just have a lot of fun in yeah. a musical number. <laughs> um. I also just yeah, love but this the is where they started to throw in all the Easter eggs that we didn't really need, right? Like at the very end, Bambi, at the very fucking John. end. Um, also, they were there That's way still before. Still, just like okay, we get it. It's a Disney movie. God damn. Mm-hmm. But it was fun for. It was also a very fun way to show off Star's power. I think. Um, alas, next up we got uh, this. The things I get, which again, fine. Nothing special. Fine. I do like, though, that the villain song is him just essentially trying to gaslight the town. <laughs> Even though they're not there. Um, next is uh, Knowing What I Know Now, which is fantastic to me. Um, this very much... I, I keep going back to Beauty and the Beast for some reason right now. Um, this felt like the mob song to me. But, like, more charged and more personal. <laughs> 
I can see. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those where it was like, I really, I like what they're going for with this. I loved like the actual animation in it, the use of the shadows and stuff. And we still get that annoying ass, uh, frustrating Easter eggs and whatnot. Like this is the first time we actually see the magic mirror face. Um, but I still think the music is, is good. It's, it's what I keep talking about. How like you'll have this really great thing that's just pulled back by these Easter eggs. Uh, up next, we have mm-hmm. the reprise of This Wish, sung by, I guess, kind of the people of Rosas. It was cool. I love mm-hmm. this. I love this shit. It's such like a cliche uh, movie thing, right? For like the people to stand up and join in in the song that the protagonist sang. But I always love it. Like, please keep doing it. Oh, this. a thousand percent. But I'm always for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the cliche will get old. That day is not today. I don't know if this cliche will ever get old. Unless, like, someone does it really terribly. But it's kind of hard to do terribly. Um, final one, final song we've got for you is the credit song called A Wish Worth Making. Um, this is what it is probably the best song on the soundtrack. But again, it is the credit song. Yeah. Why they didn't make this an actual musical number is beyond me. God, it's good. Well, because I think they won't want to just allow Juliana Michaels, who did the, who wrote the music for the film, to just have a number to be like, yeah, just go off. You, you, you've done enough work here. Just do your thing. Mm-hmm. Juliana Michaels, who is extremely fucking accomplished. Um. Holy fuck yeah! Like, let's see. Let's look at some of the artists she's written music for. Let's see. Yeah, we got Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, Fifth Harmony. Remember Fifth Harmony? Uh, Sean Mendez, Pretty Spears, Justin Bieber, Haley Steinfeld, Gwen Stefani. Uh, yeah, I would say that she has written some really good stuff. She wrote Sorry, which is the most Canadian song that Justin Bieber could ever have performed. And for that reason and that reason alone, good Canadian boy in my books. Fair enough. I got nothing. Um, no, I th- like I said, I think Did the music you expect me to reference Justin Bieber's story on any episode of this podcast ever? Honestly, Justin Bieber being a Canadian, we it was only a matter of time. It was it was inevitable, right? Also, like, isn't he from that Toronto? Or talking about baseball with all of the No, very much not. No. He Where is, is he from, from a small town outside of Toronto called Stratford. Oh, okay. I believe okay. it's Stratford. Look, this is London, but I'm pretty sure it's Stratford. Hold on. Look, I live in both. This. You keep talking. I live in both a different country and the other side of this continent. Okay. So I don't know what I'm talking about for your area of the world. Okay. He was born in he was born in London, Ontario, but raised in Stratford. So the Stratford connection was there. I'm not crazy. Um, Stratford's a really interesting town where every year they hold a like Stratford is best known for the Stratford Festival, which is essentially like a Shakespeare festival that started back in the fifties and still goes on every year to this day. It's pretty wild. Dang. Um, I've also had a film festival and music uh, festival associated with it over the years. Stratford. Good on you. You did the Bieber thing and you, you do the musical. And did you expect me to refer to Shakespeare tonight? 
See, that, that, that makes like, much more thing. sense. That makes much more sense than Justin Bieber popping up. So, But did you expect me to connect the two? No, I did not. This is a weird show, folks. <laughs> the show is never goes the way I'm going to expect it to go. Let's talk about the actual plot. Um, so, before we actually do the plot, Mitch, we've talked about it. We've spoiled bits and pieces. We haven't actually fully spoiled the movie, though. Do you think this is worth people seeing in theaters? Nah. Wait for Disney+. Plus. I'm going to wait as well. I think that this is a good movie, but I think. But it's... also, did you know that some of the pre, some of some of the actors who have performed at the Stratford Festival, no one cares, Mitch. including no, Sir no Alec Guinness, no, Christopher no Plummer, and William Shatner, as well as Dame Maggie Smith, like, is a big deal. Like, you should know about this, Griffin. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. You don't care. <sighs> no, I real, I really don't. <laughs> I'm not even gonna fake caring on this one. <laughs> just, just no. Um, it's too late. It's too, it's too late, late for that. that. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, I'm with you on wait. Um, I think it's a fun movie. I think it's definitely worth a watch. I don't think it's worth a fifteen dollar movie ticket. Um, go see something else. There's a abundance of movies out right now. Oh, I would have been disappointed had I not used like we we both used free like movie pass tickets. For this, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I already bought the ticket. It's fine. We'll go. We'll get some popcorn. Pretty sure Carmen fell asleep at one point because she forgot one of the songs in the movie. Like, we were listening to the soundtrack the other day. She's like, this isn't from the movie. I'm like, yeah. Well, she's like, oh, I fell asleep to this part. Like, yeah, you did. And that's kind of indicative of the movie in general. Even with it, me saying that, I still kind of want to go see it again. Um, I do want to, like, I want to study this animation style. I think the animation style warrants... If you are into that kind of thing, seeing it on the big screen. But when it comes to everything else, no. Um, you're fine. Let's jump into the plot. Uh, we could simply go through the plot beat by beat. The plot here is very thin. So I will imagine we'll get through this fairly quickly. Um, as typically is yeah. the case with a lot of the musicals we talk about. Just a note. Um, we've got this kingdom of Rose. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Sorry, we start on a book. We start on a book, Mitch. Did you know that this is a reference to Snow White? Will you get used to this? No. Because we're about to do this for every fucking thing no. in this movie. <laughs> thought that was a nice touch. Like that hasn't so that, the been book, done the book in a was very nice. long time for an original Disney princess. That I thought I thought that was re- a really nice touch. Now, I'm gonna quickly take a look here before I speak out of my ass. Do you, Mitch, know what the last uh, Disney, Walt Disney Animation Studios movie to use the book opening was? Robin Hood? No. It is, an, it is a 3D animated movie. Sword in the Stone? It is a 3D animated movie. Oh. Yeah, I'm not oh. seeing any other ones. Uh... think for a second it was released in um, 2005 okay that's helping it's a little movie by uh, the name. you get two no seconds. i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it no Five, no wait four wait. three oh, okay two one final guess chicken little it was chicken little <laughs> Yeah, you only know that because like all these remember like the mid two thousands when no one can remember anything that came out 
There was only like two. I'm like, it was either Chicken Little or Meet the Robinsons around that time, right? Uh, Meet the Robinsons. When was Meet the Robinsons? I, I'm being honest. I'm just looking at like a Wikipedia list. And they were of, in the same. They were in the ballpark, weren't they? I thought so, but or um, Bolt. I guess Bolt was around that time. I would have imagined it was a princess movie. Bolt was okay. So yeah, Bolt was 2008. Meet the Robinsons was 2007, and Chicken Little was 20, 2005. So yeah, roughly. Oh five. But yeah, it was Chicken Little, which is just weird. But anyways, the movie. That same so. mid. It's a great movie. It's a great movie with an even better video it's game. Not. It's uh, not. No, I, that is one of those movies. That okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you. It's a better video game than movie. Uh, that movie is one of those movies where it's not good, but it is full rose-colored glasses for me. Um, now, we start in the book, and we kind of explain the kingdom of Rosas, uh, founded by King Magnifico and his wife, Queen Amaya. He was a very powerful sorcerer who, unfortunately, had a dream that got crushed and destroyed uh, because the world sucks. Um, shocking. Guess what? The world still sucks. Um, he created this land called Rosas, uh, an island in the Mediterranean Sea, where people would come and essentially on their 18th birthday, give them his their wishes. Uh, they would then forget about their wishes, and he would choose to grant those that he felt helped the kingdom of Rosas. Ultimately, he we learn this fairly quickly, he doesn't really grant most of them. Um, he feels like most of them would endanger his power, uh, and so he doesn't want to do that. Because he's a selfish, selfish boy. Um, we learn through all of this stuff once a month. Magnifico chooses one wish to be granted. Um, we then get to meet Asha, the heroine of our story. Um, who is interviewing for a job as Magnifico's apprentice. Uh, she gives a quick tour. Uh, it's her grandfather. Uh, Sabino's 100th birthday. She's hoping that his wish will be the one that gets granted that day. It won't be. Um, she gives us this tour. That's where we get that first song. Um, she goes and runs into her friends, which are the Seven Dwarves, for some fucking reason. Um, bitch, did you know that this was a reference to Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? <laughs> I didn't. and So I spent the majority of this movie having Carmen lean over and be like, hey, Hey, that's the fairy godmother's cape. Hey, hey, that's dopey. Like, yeah, I know. It's Thanks. not subtle. <laughs> There's one particular line that no. had me laughing because of how bad. And I, how had, I had to was. explain the bear, which I thought was fun. I had to explain the bear to her. I'm like, yeah, that's a little drawn from Robin. And she's like, really? But I'm just like, yeah, we yeah. got to watch that movie, I guess. I'm kind of shocked that we went with little John and not Baloo. But. Um, Baloo's a little too much on the nose. John, John is generic enough that they named the deer Bambi. Who don't know Robin Hood? They named the deer Bambi. Yeah, that one. Again, and I'm waiting the whole movie for that deer to get got, and it didn't. That so I does... was really disappointed by the end of this movie. Yeah, but they do have a great bit with the the deer later on, with the deer in headlights. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. That they do get they get props for that joke. That was a good joke. Um, but yeah, we get all this stuff. Uh, we, we meet the yeah the seven dwarves, not seven dwarves. Uh, all of them based around um, everyone. I do like that we gave uh, Simon, who is based off of Sleepy, a reason for being so sleepy. Um, 
that was kind of a fun touch of he's the only one who it's was all, 18 uh, it's all... and had his wish taken. Yeah. Also, Sneezy just being allergic to everything was funny. I also appreciate that each character's name starts with the same name as the dwarf, the same letter as the name of the dwarf. As if it wasn't on the nose enough, they had to do that. Yeah, I thought it was funny. The one I, mean, I forget I do which love friend. that like some of the some. I'm gonna. I think I just lost you for a second there, bitch. But oh well. Um, eh. I'm still here. Yeah, it's been a little choppy on your side with like connectivity, but I've, I've I think my internet. I point. think my internet's just screwed. We're already 40 minutes into this podcast. Sorry, folks. Uh, I'm not going to change it. Yeah, there's, um, no, there's no there's no steering this ship in the right direction. Yeah, it's fine. Pazima, that's the character. Apologies. That's probably why we've been talking over each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pazima is oh. the character. The girl who just keeps disappearing. That was such a funny bit to me. Like, her just keep... Well, ba- bashful. Yeah, bashful. bashful. Uh, but, like, how she'll just disappear yeah. and then reappear and scare the shit out of uh, not grumpy Gabo. Um... So yeah, she goes. I love, so I love that. Got like, like I was saying earlier. I I was saying before we started, like some of the voices behind these characters, like they disappeared into these roles, like not realizing it was Victor Garber playing the the grandfather. Was like, oh, he has such an iconic voice. How didn't I pick that up? Or even folks like Harvey Guillen from uh, if you know what we do in the shadows, the television series. I uh, plays Guillermo. And was also a supporting character or a supporting actor in the Blue Beetle movie that came out. I know this is not an HBO Max podcast. If you have not watched that movie, that movie was meant for streaming originally, and it's a really fun movie. Like it everyone really should is. go watch that. If you learn anything from this podcast about Wish, is go watch Blue Beetle. It's fun. It's real fun. Um, the other one, be Evan Peters being Simon, is one that I did not pick up on, and I really should have. Yeah, he's really good in that role. Like, I, I do think that, like, Simon is very well done. Yeah. He doesn't have many lines, so I can kind of see why we missed it. Oh, yeah. But I do think it's really, really fun. Yeah. Um. So the queen comes and gets uh, Asha. Queen fucking loves Asha. These two are immediately homies. I love how much they love each other. Like, the queen sees that all Asha really cares about is the people of Rosas and her family and everyone's Like, she's a good person. Uh, Asha gets taken up mm-hmm. and has probably the single worst interview I've ever seen somebody have. Um, like it's kind of hilarious. I, I do like the fact that she's she's like she's trying to become a sorcerer's apprentice, which is just she's trying to be Mickey Mouse and Fantasia. Like, yeah, right, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It, again, everything's a fucking reference in this movie. Um, like I mean, how our her grandfather was turning one hundred. Like, come on. We get it. I mean, the grandpa plays when you wish upon a star after the credits. Uh, it's I actually mean, really his. It's actually what, really what cute. I, I, I really, really love. Device, I, but... I, I before I forget, like the, the 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 best thing about this movie for me is the fact that Magnifico will not grant her grandfather's wish. And in not granting her grandfather's wish is actually the reason why his reign ends. Like the uprising is due to him not granting the wish. The uprising is not due to the wish being granted. Ironically, just, ironically in so, not granting his wish. It, that's the kind of thing you need to lean into. In not granting his wish, he grants his wish, which I think is that is the storytelling that exactly. was there that gets pulled away. Um, like, I do think that that is very deliberate. Yeah, it gets hidden by all these references. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get their first. We get this uh, next song uh, where Asha kind of learns things. Uh, and we also really, we really learn here that Magnifico fucking sucks. Uh, they, he is not subtle about it, um, which I do really appreciate. Like bad guys just yeah. gonna be bad. Um, we learned that stuff. Um, he has Asha sit with the queen at the wish ceremony that night. Um, so he gives the wish, yada, yada, yada. He doesn't give it to his parents. Uh, everything is sad and whatnot. Asha runs off. Um, she tries to talk to, this is actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. She tries to talk to her grandpa and her mom about it. It's like, no, you guys deserve to have your wish. He's never going to grant them. You should get them back. And so you can try to make something of it on your own. And both of her grandma, her grandpa and her mom are like, no, we don't want that. Do not. Absolutely not. And she takes off. Um, they prefer the they, they prefer the this the safety that they've been promised by Magnifico rather than the risk of, you know, pissing the dude off. Yeah. Even if it might definitively be the wrong thing, it's how things have always been and they're comfortable in that. And I think that's where this movie, you actually kind of start to see some of the cool shit. Um, she takes off. We get another song. Um, we get this wish. Uh, she was on the star. Star comes down. Um, starts granting her wishes. Gives um, gives our boy Valentino the ability to talk. Alan Tudyk. Goddamn rock star. Um <clears throat> Greatest voice actor of our generation. Truly the best. Um, we get a little bit about Star. Star is adorable. Star is going to sell plushies all over the place. Um, although I guess we'll see. With how hey, we said the same thing about a couple of other characters, and it didn't happen, right? Like we said that about the the blob thing from Strange World. We no, we said, said that, that about, they were specifically uh, not going to do that for the blob thing in Strange World because of the bit about it. Oh, we also said um, uh, uh, the thing without a face that was friends with Ben Kingsley in uh, oh, Shang-Chi. Yeah, Boris. Morris did get merchandised. He got merged, but I expected that thing to like fly off the shelves, and I saw very little. Uh, y'all, y'all are disappointing me. Look, I'm saying this is going to be merchandised to hell and back. I'm not saying people are going to buy it. Um, I don't think it's going to get the merchandising push you think it is. I think we'll get a plushie at least, and I'll buy the plushie because it's adorable. Ah, we'll I like see. Star. Um, Star's great. Um, yeah, we get a song. We'll see. Asha and Asha, Star, and uh, Valentino go to steal back her mom and her grandma's, her mom and her grandpa's wishes. Uh, her friends help her. They a break in. All all of this is happening. Magnifico is feeling more and more threatened. Uh, there was this big burst of light was starking him down that was all his magic and it's threatening Magnifico. He wants any information he can get about it. Uh, so he gives us a horrible, horrible song. Um, Asha's friends help her. Um, she goes and uh, eventually is able to steal the stuff. Uh, unfortunately, as she's getting away, uh, she gets sold out by Simon, who wants his wish to be revealed. Uh, his wish is to become the greatest knight of Magnifico. Uh, hey, guess what that uh, guess what that armor's from, Mitch? 
Because guess what? That's not an original Isn't armor. It, uh, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, it is Sleeping Beauty, and it's Prince Philip's armor. Is it from Sleeping Beauty? It is from, it okay. is from Sleeping Beauty. Okay, I was making sure. Well, what's um, interesting I here think is this the is also is granted, she's... but because Magnifico has, like... Sorry, I was just going to say, like, because Magnifico is, like, all evil now, because he read from the evil book that you're not supposed to read from because it's evil, um, he twists the wish and kind of, like, possesses sleepy i can't remember oh simon, simon that's what it is yeah he um, gets like simon gets more power is, but is also like a weird 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 way to go with it but yeah also like if i was a citizen and saw that clearly something was wrong like clearly some more evil shit was happening than normal it was not it was not subtle no remember this is the or this is the this is the origin of all Disney films. The the trope of evil magic being green has not been established yet. So like, oh cool. We're changing color palettes. We're going from blue to green. This 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 is fine. Not even that. Fine. It's just how he hovers in the air for like five seconds as he suddenly opens his eyes and looks angry. Like it's just clearly nah, something is wrong. Fine. Uh, this is also fine. I think this is also where he first nah. seen Asha in the uh Fairy Godmother cloak. Um, yes, but alas, we get more stuff. Uh, she goes home, gives her grandpa his wish back, uh, opening the door, uh, and it's Simon uh, and Magnifico. Uh, they are able to run thanks to Star, and they actually get off the island. There's a gr- hilarious bit here with Valentino talking to uh, their horses. And the horses are like, oh, yeah, fuck it. We fuck with you. <laughs> um, Have we missed the whole chicken thing yet? Or is that later? Yeah, we're in that. That's when they're sneaking in the first time. Okay. The chicken bit was funny. Okay, um, yeah. I wish the chicken, the bit, chicken bit wasn't. is essentially uh, just be our guest. I wish the chicken bit wasn't in the uh, trailers. That would have been a fantastic thing to just discover. Um, yeah. We, yeah, I we got realized, like, bit. gotta watch less trailers. Yeah, seriously, it's too bad we react to all of them. Um, so we got that. Which you can find over on YouTube.com/slash at D plus us. If you're not already there, please go there, like, subscribe, share with all your friends and grandparents as you get together over the holidays. It'd be really appreciated. Please do. Tell your dog as well. Also, tell oh, your dog. Plug. Tell your I'm dog sorry. we love them. Um, that's all. Um, Andy. Griffin says he loves you. Thank you. Done. (laughs) I miss my dog. Um, Asha. Dogs are the best. Asha plans to escape the other one, but ultimately has to go back and finish the job. She rallies her friends to her cause as well as the queen. Uh, We get a again with just great bits in this in this um, movie. Uh, The way she sends a message to the queen of the mouse. The mouse is funny. Like. It's it's another so reference, fun. but it is funny. Hey, love Asha. Yeah, I put in the love. The mice from Cinderella. Um, yeah. Uh, they go. We have a great fucking musical number. Uh, them amping themselves up. Uh, and they go off to fight Magnifico. Uh, they fight Magnifico. Um, basically, Asha is going to distract him while they release all the wishes. Uh, she does so, um, but in the last little, we get a great chase scene. Uh, she steals a cart. We also, she also gets a magic wand from Star. Um, we get a deer in headlights joke, which is great. Um, 
As she's finally stopped, though, uh, it is revealed that it wasn't Magnifico chasing her, but uh, Simon disguised with Magnifico's magic. Uh, Magnifico comes up and uh, starts attacking people. Uh, he's getting to absorb the power of wishes. Uh, in doing those, we get one of the like the funnier, stupid lines to me. Like, this was not a funny joke. It was this was so bad that I couldn't help but laugh, which was a direct Peter Pan reference. Yep. Um, which was a fantasy land in the skies. Well, we, we How about Neverland? Peter Pan reference. It, oh yeah, with Peter and Wendy. Well, no, at the end we didn't even we we get not. Before that, you get the wish that he destroys that is literally the scene of Peter flying in the air. Yeah, that's what like, I'm talking about. London. And when he's destroying and he it, Mar- when he's destroying oh, totally it, the line he yeah. says is, and then we a fantasy a land reference. in the sky, how about Neverland? That is the line he says as he destroys oh, that God. wish. Um, that's what I'm talking about when, like, some things in this movie are so just straight bad. Um... Like, yeah. that's the one that stuck with me, and that's not the line that should be sticking with you in this movie. Um, but yeah, they go up. No. They eventually uh, are able to release all of the wishes out of the uh, out of the chamber by opening up the ceiling. It's actually pretty cool. I love that they have to jump. It's very cute. But uh, Magnifico ascends up and uh, traps yeah. Star and begins to absorb the power. Uh, Asha is able to make it back somehow. Um Uh, And goes up to face Magnifico. Uh, As he's doing so, Magnifico blocks out the sky, saying that no one will ever wish upon a star again, which I think is actually kind of cool. Also, this whole... He also drains all the power of the... uh, Or these dream orbs, causing them all to just fall to the roof, which looks dope. Um, Asha... And the citizens all kind of rise up again together, wishing to change Rosas's future, giving us this the reprise of this wish. Uh, the power of all of them together, each of them being stars within their own right. Um, kind of this theme going back through all of this is that we, the whole idea of we are all made from stardust to stardust, we shall return. Um, which is something I really like in this movie. It's why I like Go. I'm power of positive thinking triumphs all evil. Yay! It's a Disney Good movie. Job, people. Uh, now I do like the idea though of the Stardust stuff. I do think that's fun. Um, I never thought we'd see that in a Disney movie. That's a neat thing to explore. Yeah, except like, that they don't really explore. explore. Just like, um, they, uh, like exactly, they win by being positive. Go you! Like, see, I don't what? think it's that. They win by being united. And I think that that is something that we could pull <sighs> sure. away from. Again, I am reading way way more into it than any other person will. But that's how I justify it, at least. Um, uh, they overpower Magnifico. Uh, his magic essentially backfiring on him, trapping him into his staff's mirror. Uh, as he's being pulled in, we get a brief, like, half-second frame of the magic mirror from Snow White. Because um, guess what? He's the magic mirror. Yeah, that was great. Um, this is the one Easter egg that they didn't overdo, which I appreciated. Like, this is the one of the only no. ones that, like, this ties in, and it's it's dumb that it ties in, but it actually makes sense to the character because he is incredibly vain, and that is his downfall. But alas, um, 
we get some great bits with that. Everyone comes back together. Uh, Amaya becomes the sole ruler of um, of Rosas. Simon comes and forgives and asks for forgiveness from Asha, who forgives him instantly. Uh, Simon, fucking great. Love him. 10 out of 10 character. Um, the best. They they kind of, they rebuild the town. Uh, we get a straight up Peter Pan and Wendy in this movie. Um, did you know, Mitch, that those characters I, were a reference? You can cut that. <laughs> you already had. You are no fuck off. You already had Peter Pan once. You didn't need it again. Oh, it's so fucking bad. It's so reference funny. literally anything else. Give me someone who wants to start a, a, a gumbo shop or something. Like, just, no. Why? Oh. Just, why? I'm so shocked that they didn't, like, with the amount of Peter Pan references they have, I'm shocked that none of them were a second star to the right. Like, none of that in the movie about a Griffin, star. Did you, did you, did you know, did you know that Peter Pan was a Disney film? Apparently they really wanted you to know this after you came out of this theater. Oh, so this is what it's like to have my like, own bits Peter turned Pan against Wendy me. Peter Pan Wendy must have flopped on Disney Plus if they're pushing this. We did an episode like, on it. It did not do well. <laughs> no, it didn't because it wasn't good. They're so like, no one oh, cares. Yeah, we got to push people to Disney Plus. Let's let's reference all the things we want them to go and watch. Like, by the Robin way, Hood, don't like go back Peter and Pan rewatch and Wendy, Peter Pan. Like, uh, it is not Mary Poppins Returns. <sighs> yeah, I'm surprised there's not like trade up like a Wreck It Ralph reference. If you if you were to wreck a if you were to recommend one thing that is not like either directly or indirectly referenced here, and I know it references every Disney animation film at, ever at the end, but if you had one recommendation coming out of this Griffin of rather than going to the theaters to see this, what would you pop on a Disney plus to want to feel that same level of nostalgia? What would your reco be? That is hard. So I have mine. Look, maybe it's just cause it's the season no, right now, but like, my brain is fully on Muppet Christmas Carol at the moment. Um, of course it is. Like, I got the record. It's been playing almost nonstop since it became December. Uh, if I had to give one thing, though, honestly, As um, it it's not referenced to the movie anywhere, and it never will be, but Treasure Planet. That movie is still fantastic and probably one of the best movies Disney's ever put out. We used to do an episode on it. I'm down. I've never watched it. Seriously? I've never seen Treasure Planet. Oh, fuck it. This is the next episode. We're watching Treasure Planet next. All right, cool. I'm down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for me, it would be my record would be Saving Mr. Banks, uh, which I think is just a phenomenal take on the creative process that went into making Mary Poppins into a Disney film. I know it's not animation, but it does... Mary Poppins at least gets referenced in here. So I think that's the one that I would want to say, yeah, go and watch that. It's a fantastic movie. We should do an episode on that. Mm -hmm. If I have to bring it to actually like something that's referenced in this, I would honestly say Snow White. Um, I do think, I think that movie needs more appreciation for just exactly what it did for Disney. Um, and especially with us getting the live action version of it next year. No. I think it's going to be fairly relevant coming up. Um, hey, we're almost done with the movie though. We're almost there. I've got like, Two more plot points. Yeah. And then we can leave. We can, All right. We can be done with this and move on with our lives. You can finally go to Good, sleep. Good, because I'm really tired and I have to get up for work in like six hours. So I could use the rest. Mm -hmm. I told you we didn't have to record tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah, you did, but I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah, fair enough. That's why we're talking about Wish. Um, 
We're almost done, though. Uh, Star Star is like, hey, I have to go. Uh, I gotta go back and be the star for other people to eventually wish upon. Um, He gifts Asha a magic wand so she can continue to inspire people, uh, becoming the Rosessa's fairy godmother. Um, He goes off and credits begin to roll. We get a great song. We get the characters from each and every... No, no, but no, no. When he goes off... When he goes off, he forms. He the does Disney form arc the Disney arc. That was castle. that was very well done. And a Mickey Mouse firework goes off. I'm like, that's cute, but also like, but also fuck we get you. it. It's a Disney movie. <laughs> Look, if all the other references <laughs> weren't in there, I would have been like, fuck yeah. Um, now it's forgettable. Yeah, uh, we but get it was the a credits. Heavy handed at that point. We get the credits. We get all of these different characters from different Disney movies. It's really, really fucking weird that the character that they used for Big Hero 6 was Yokai. But that's beside the point. Um, and then we get yeah. the post They also don't do everything. Like you said, Treasure Planet, nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they try to they make sure that that movie doesn't exist anymore. Um, final bit yeah. here. Um, the post credit scene is uh, the grandpa playing his, like, guitar lute i think it's a lute um playing when you wish upon a star while looking back up at the stars he gives us it's a little instrument chuckle. i'm like 90 percent sure it's a lute but maybe that's because i've been looking at, a, at lutes lately Movie's anyways over. that's the end of the movie um please please don't buy a lute griffin no like, i'm just looking at it for dnd you've already got a keyblade is that not enough no i'm not looking to buy a lute i've been looking at lute designs for dnd stuff um Oh, see, I thought you were going to go down the, the rabbit hole of learning to play the loot, which I would have respected the commitment to a bit, especially if it was for D&D, but I have considered it might have been a bridge too far. If I went to Ren Ferris more often, I would absolutely do it. But that's, that's but more you don't, commitment to And it. we have talked for long enough about this, so we can probably wrap uh, this up. The last thing I want to say before we wrap this up is I do think that there are bits here that are good when it comes to the actual like references. I frankly don't mind... No. Uh, Magnifico becoming the magic mirror and Asha becoming the land's fairy godmother. Those are not the ones I have an issue with. I think no, those fine. make narrative sense. It is everything else. Just how over the head they beat you yeah. with it. I really wish we could have seen the version of this movie that didn't have all that in it because I feel like it would have been pretty good. Yep. I, I'm with you there. It's hard not to have the seven dwarfs reference. So if like, that is the only heavy handed one they have to have, then so be it. Mm-hmm. Even that's done well. Those characters are fun. It's done well and it's done well enough. I don't think it has to be as on the nose as it is, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're interested, go check it out. If not, this will be up on Disney Plus in a couple months. So or honestly, yeah, our recap is pretty good. Days when it comes <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is up there for Christmas. I said the same thing last year of like, like something is gonna come out at Christmas and be the thing that everyone watches with the family. This is gonna be this Christmas's Whatever that was last year that I predicted and got right. Well, you don't want to go see migration world? No. I'm referencing illumination. No, I I don't. Carmen loves illumination, so we're probably going to end up having to go see it. Carmen is disappointing me today. And I feel like you should tell her that. But I'm kidding. She loves illumination. Like she her favorite version of the Grinch is the Benedict Cumberbatch illumination version of the Grinch. That is fair. That is great. I just vehemently hate the minions. Um with that said, let's wrap this episode up. Mitch, where can people find us if people want to keep up with our shenanigans? 
Add, if for some reason they want that after D this. plus us, all the places, TikTok, YouTube are probably best. And then you can find us on anywhere else that social happens. We just don't use it very much. We'll get better about it. Maybe, I gotta, that's not. my New Year's resolution is be more social about the podcast. Be more social about the podcast. Yeah, it's always it awkward happen? Probably not. talking about the podcast with other people. Um, of course, folks, this is not the only thing we yeah. have up right now. We have yeah. plenty of episodes up. Trailer reacts, yada, yada, yada. Our latest episode was on the Marvels. Go check that out if you've seen the movie. Uh, go check out the behind, behind, wow, words. Go check out the Behind the Attraction weekly series and check out the Percy Jackson one when that one inevitably starts. Uh, will I be rereading every single Percy Jackson book to get a type? Did that? you say go check out the Vine? I said like, I thought Vine was dead. I did not say Vine. Why are we on? Why are we on Vine? Griffin? Not a single one of those sentences. I'm was very Vine. tired. If that's what I heard, that we should go. We should just. All right, we gotta, we gotta I said behind the attraction. <laughs> go check those out. Yeah, we will do be doing a weekly series when Percy Jackson starts uh, in a, a couple weeks. Get hyped. Um. Thing like two and a half, two and a half. Yeah, weeks. we'll do that as soon as we wrap on the behind the attraction stuff. But we'll probably just we'll probably just push. We're probably just going to push behind the, the attraction. To... I'd imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so go check all that stuff out. We will see y'all in the next. I episode. can sit down and record four at once, and we'll just put it out. It's fine. <laughs> but until then, have a magical day. <laughs>